This is Axel, and you're listening to the Kingdom Hearts World Podcast. Hello and welcome to this very special episode of the Kingdom Hearts World Podcast. I'm your host, Spencer, and I'm here with podcast co-host, Grace. Hello! And our very special guest, voice actor of Axel and Lee, as well as many other characters in numerous video games and anime series, such as Raiden from Metal Gear Solid or Marcus from Digimon, Mr. Quentin Flynn. Hello! Thank you so much for coming on in advance. This is huge <laughs> to have Aww, you thank- on here. I've been excited for days about this. This is awesome. <laughs> yeah. Well, Thank think, you so much for agreeing to be on. Yeah, it's my pleasure. Thanks for asking me. Yeah, when we uh, when we started this podcast uh, three years ago, we each had like a goal, and mine was actually to uh, get you on this podcast. So this is huge. <laughs> uh, so thank you so much for coming on. It means a lot. It's fantastic. No, I'm I'm honored. I really am. Thank you. Awesome. Um, so we have a bunch of questions from ourselves and fans who sent them in. So okay. uh, we'll start with a couple from us. The first being, how did you get into voice acting? Um, well, I guess the short story would be I uh, was working at a video store uh, just outside of Cleveland, Ohio, in a place called uh, Video Visions, Mayfield Heights. And I'm looking at a uh, local newspaper, and I saw an ad that had a picture of a local anchor woman named Jan Jones. And it said, commercial voice acting, you know, this ad for voice acting. I'm like, voice acting? What's voice acting? <laughs> and I'd been doing impressions since I was a kid, and I, you know, acted in all the plays in high school, and I had a rock band, and I did impressions, like I said, and then in college I studied radio, television, and film. And I thought, this seems interesting so i took the class and when i did i got a you know an education on acting with copy behind a microphone where nobody can hear you i'm sorry no one can see you nobody can hear you <laughs> scream or cry but they will hear produce copy when it comes out of your mouth and that was the start of it um i took a couple more workshops or classes back in that area and 10 months after college my cousin wanted to move to California to become a rock star. He was in my band. And I said, yeah, I need a vacation. I'll help you move. And I got out to Los Angeles, and I stayed. And then I saw another ad for an animation voiceover workshop class with a guy named Bob Bergen you may have heard of. Uh, and if you had Bob, Bob is you know the voice of Porky Pig. Ah. Oh, wow. So I took his class, and it was fantastic. And then he opened up my eyes and ears to the world of creating characters um, for animation. Then after that, eventually I made a, a demo tape, as suggested. And once I made the demo tape uh, with this gal, Mary Lynn Wisner, I took that with her very kind and generous uh, letter of recommendation because she was not only a producer but a casting director. And then I did what you know you would see in the Hollywood movies. I would literally walked around going from agency to agency, submitting what was then a cassette tape um, and my letter of referral asking for representation. I think I went to 15 places and one said yes, and that's all you really need is one. 
And um, I had a meeting with them. I was very nervous. It went very well. And they said, uh, we like you. We need your voice type. Would you like to sign with us? And wow. uh, I said, let me get back to you because uh, I have to get back to another agency first. And I hung up the phone. It's <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> a lie. And, uh, <laughs> you cunning individual, Whoa. you. Yeah. I wanted you know, to know that they were getting someone who was wanted. So I then called back and said yes and uh, we went on from there and what it became then was the world of voice acting auditions which is what we do as actors going in reading copy they record it in the booth and they send it out to the uh, the people who request it producers casting directors and then eventually you get cast and you work that's kind of the short story so out of the 15 places when you were getting started, it was just one. That's incredible. And you're doing, like, amazingly. Yeah. Yeah. Well, no, at the, yeah, but at the time. I, yeah, I was, you're just starting up. Yeah. I was just, yeah. And uh, half the places wouldn't accept. They said, no, no, no. That's then of so the crazy. other half, you know, half of them said, get back to us in like, six weeks. And then, you know, the other, what well, would be a quarter accepted them and the one place that I ended up at actually I didn't tell you this part of the story I was going up in the elevator talking to this woman we're having a wonderful chat Mm -hmm. and we left on the same floor and we walked into the same office and I was like what a coincidence well it turns out that that woman was Sandy Schnarr of Sandy Schnarr Talent it was her agency and you know oh my goodness yeah so I think part of it too was wow we had an interesting conversation. You know, she would tell me later, and she thought I was cute. And <laughs> she listened to my tape and liked it. And yeah, all it takes is one. You know, and <laughs> that, that was that began my career, and she was a great support, and we're You're still friends to this day. Your cunning conversationalist. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. I am. I am. I can be the charm. <laughs> well, all right. Um, the next question, how did you find the role for Axel? Did you have to audition or did someone ask you? Mm, yeah, no, when that came up, it was very much like um, most auditions. Uh, I was suggested, my agent you know, said, yeah, we have an audition for you to go audition for this role of Axel. Uh, I did, I didn't know anything about it, and mm-hmm. I just looked, I looked at the character and the breakdown, the specs, you know, what's he, what's he all about? Where is he from? Blah, blah, blah. And I did what I did. And they liked it. And they hired me. And that was it. Oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> so there was, no, there was no offer. They just, you know. And I got the gig and I went in and started it and had no idea that it would go on for years. Oh, yeah. It's still going. Forever too. <laughs> and still kicking. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I'm <laughs> grateful, grateful for that. That's great. Um so where did you draw inspiration for Axel? Did you add anything from the Japanese version, etc.? Um, where did I draw inspiration? From my pen. <laughs> and, uh, no, I, uh, I just, you know, with acting, you find yourself in a role, and um, if it fits, it works, you know? Mm-hmm. And yeah. uh, if it doesn't, it doesn't. It just seemed to fit. So I guess any inspiration I draw upon for any character is my imagination and myself and because I'm adept also at uh, improvisation and taking direction I did what I did and if they wanted something different then I would adjust 
and and go. So, well, you know, a lot of it is me interpreting, of course, what uh, the dialogue says and what they want for the character, but ultimately it has to come from a truthful place. Mm-hmm. Um, so whether it's a serious scene or, or something, you know, like a, a witty quip or something sarcastic, which comes to me very easily, uh, <laughs> that, that's where that comes from. Um, so is he pretty easy for you to just sort of quip off of? <laughs> he has a lot of sarcastic oh. lines. Oh, yeah, mostly, yeah. <laughs> and, and then often they'll say, yeah, you might want to take a little bit of the edge off. Well, no, I don't. You want me to. So I'll, I'll do that to please you. Um, and uh, I didn't add anything from the Japanese version because when it comes to the work we do here in the States, once it's you know translated and they have a story, then we we do our jobs as actors and they mm-hmm. record us. Yeah. Uh, so I've never seen the Japanese version. Oh, wow. Uh, so you just went straight for it from uh, your own devices. Yes, exactly. And, you know, they do it in segments. So they don't do it like a... It's not like when you play a game start to finish or you watch a movie start to finish. Yeah. They 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 take out the scenes that we're acting in and, you know, parse, mm-hmm. you know, put, yeah. put, it, put it together that way. So I get a sense of where I am, who I'm speaking to, what's going on, and then we uh, record and develop the scene. So, yeah, for me to go back, I mean, to go and watch Japanese would just be strange. Yeah. First of all, I wouldn't understand it. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. I'd have to look at the subtitles, and chances are they really wouldn't make any sense. Yeah, and I've seen a lot of people on forums and whatnot um, agree that there's a certain showmanship that you add to the way Axel talks that isn't present in the Japanese one. So a lot of people uh, prefer you because you give him a sort of uh, kind of a pun, but a flair that uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. like a very yeah. theatrical quality but to I'm him sh- that's very enjoyable. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, I, I like to think so. So I'm glad they do too. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it, it probably helped not actually watching the Japanese version because that might have changed yeah. your view on it. So. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I mean, I will say sometimes they will play uh, a piece of the Japanese audio. I don't know why they do that. Uh, they think it, it will help me, you know, recognize the mood or something. And occasionally it does. And then other times it doesn't. So, hmm. yeah. So it's mostly just unnecessary for you? Yeah, no, it wouldn't be, you know. Um, although I do know somebody once said to me, the Japanese actor who voices Axel also voices Reno. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Someone did yeah. tell me that. <laughs> and they said, you know, is that how they cast it? I said, no. <laughs> so That's really I funny. Got, you know, I got lucky again. You know, I played Reno, and it just so happens that that actor and I voice both those characters. So, That's really and then, funny. Then Marcus from Digimon Data Squad, a squad, yeah. squad has red hair, so they're like, "Do you predominantly play red-haired characters or <laughs> ginger-haired characters?" I said, "No, not as a rule of thumb, but I'm happy to." You just hunt them all down. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's that's my lot in life. I only want red-haired hair. characters. That's my calling. Yeah, just the red hair. I must play you, <laughs> so you can play me. <laughs> Well, all right. Um, so what do you think of all the fandom hype that's around Kingdom Hearts and Axel? Because it's gone a little crazy. Well, well, tell me how. How do you, have, how do you think you've gone crazy? Um, 
Well, I mean, there's, there's a ton of Axel fans. There's a ton of headcanons and fan art and people that just love this character a ton. So yeah. what's been your takeaway pretty much from all of this? Well, I think it's great, you know. Um, I, I think I experienced it the most when, well, no, I know I experienced it the most when I'm at conventions. Oh, yeah. And, and fans will bring me drawings um, or the way they're dressed or they'll tell me their stories, uh, how they're inspired, what they love what they think, and then they go on to, of course, create their own ideas and storylines and relationships. They're yeah. big into shipping. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which, you know... Does that get a little creepy for you? Well, at first I was really thrown off. Like, I, I don't understand. Well, why do you think they're a couple? <laughs> they're just... They're yeah. No, they're not. They're in love. Like, they're in love oh. forever. <laughs> like, well, mm-hmm. if you think so, all right. <laughs> yeah. Okay, I'll sign that picture that has them holding each other. But whatever. <laughs> so you're not into all that sort of craziness. No, I'm not. I uh, I don't understand it. Uh, I try to understand it from a psychological perspective, and the only thing I could come up with is it's usually young women or girls who are into the shipping, not so much the men or boys. And all I can think of is that. It's almost like teen idol worship in a way. Uh, I, there seems to be a fantasy there that they like these beautiful characters to be more intimate. And perhaps it's an extension of what they would like to have. I don't know that's necessarily homosexual in nature as much as it is about kind of this love and beautiful fantasy that maybe they'd like to have in their life at some times. And it's easier and safer to live through these characters than it is in a real relationship in the real world. I think there's some some fear and possibly feeling threatened by the opposite sex where it's more comfortable for them to be in their own sex, even if it would be girls and girls who can, you know, be very kind to one another. Obviously, they can be catty, but in the best sense, they can be loving and on the same page and perhaps they find that same... Uh, adoration projected onto and reflected in those characters. Hmm. Oh, yeah. It's very insightful. That, yeah, that's, that's very deep to uh, go that, into. That's interesting. That, that's what I, I, I've taken away. That's my theory, and uh, I'm sticking to it. Nice, yeah. <laughs> I looked up headcanon under Urban Dictionary, and I couldn't <laughs> find mission. So. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to confuse you. Okay. Um, I do a lot of cosplay, and I cosplay actually a character from the Kingdom Hearts series called Vexen. And whenever I'm trying to get into character, when I'm getting into my costume, I try to think of the little traits that he has, like little quirks and twitches, basically, where, like, it doesn't say so in the game, but I have this theory that he doesn't eat anything organic because it hasn't been touched by science. (laughs) So, like, he's always just having crap food that has a ton of chemicals in it just because it's made by science. Do you have any sort of, like, headcanons or theories about Axel that help you to get into character? No. <laughs> there we go. Nice <laughs> one. That is a great, very, very short answer. That was I awesome. Know. Really, I don't. I don't. Um, yeah. Well, thank you. I'm. I'm glad that you're very frank about that. Yeah, that was a good quick answer. <laughs> All right, Spencer, take it away. I mean, I could overthink it, but I don't. You know, like I said, I think I already told you earlier on my process. So mm-hmm. I don't have to think so much anymore. But it's interesting what you revealed to me because that is a way to get into character. And oftentimes when I'm doing impressions of people, 
Um, and I do it rapidly, uh, but I do take in their quirks, their traits, their behavior, their sound. And when you take it on, at least in my experience, then you become that. And then anything that comes out of my mouth as a character or an impression is almost on autopilot from that perspective. So some people will do an impression and they'll do just the voice. When I do an impression, it's also the body, the face, and the quirks and the, and the ticks because that is part of the whole, you know, individual. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. you know, that is how I work that. And if there are any uh, head cannons, as you call them, uh, or traits with Axel, I probably do it naturally. Uh, I just slide into the character because I- I've created that role um, or developed that character on my own. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So because it comes from me, I don't have to think about it, you know? Yeah. Yeah, that's really cool. <laughs> okay. Like even how you describe him right now, like how you're sliding into character, I feel yeah. like you, you've already made this trait that he's like, he's a smooth guy, he definitely knows what he's talking about. Like you, yeah. you definitely, I feel like you get him. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. I, I think so. I'd like to think so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And that's definitely a good thing for, uh, yeah. for a voice actor to really get the character. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. All right, so our next question is, what is your favorite story from the booth, if there are any? It's something yeah, funny, something memorable. That's an interesting question. I've been asked it a lot, and you'd think I would have a story, but I really don't. Um, I have a lot of great experiences in the booth. Uh, I'm trying to think if there's anything that's happened. Well, I mean, I have great memories and experiences, like I loved working with... Uh, I, I enjoy working with Phil Lamar. Uh, we oh, did cool. the, Metal, the Metal Gear series together. Yeah, we have a lot of fun because he has an improvisational background and does impressions as well. So between takes, we'll you know often be joking around, and then quick as a whip, the director will say, "Hey, all right, ready to go? You know these pages, these lines," and then we have to snap to it, you know, and yeah. just break into character out of the impressions we're doing. So that's interesting. Um, and as far as other interesting stories, for me, it goes along with the people I work with. Um, working with Mark Hamill, uh, oh, wow. who you would all know. Yeah. Uh, he's great fun. He loves comics and cartoons. So he's fun to play with. You know, he really is. And, mm-hmm. you know, Mark kind of yeah. talks like this. And I love this. It's so wonderful. Don't you think it's great? And. Um, <laughs> And then a character actor who passed away many years ago, he was big in the 60s and 70s, his name was James Coburn. Um, Somebody I watched growing up as a kid, and I ended up in the booth uh, doing a job with him. So I was really honored to be with this uh, legend. And the most fun I had was making him laugh. You know, and that's the greatest gift, uh, I think, and greatest um, compliment I can receive is when I do make others laugh and to be sitting with him and just kicking it in between takes and seeing him smile and laugh that was it for me i was like you know what i've done my job and i made a new friend oh so that was like the moment where you were like i've made it (laughs) that kind of really heartwarming yeah 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 that's it's those moments you know that come and sometimes there are other moments that you'd prefer not to remember but (laughs) those are the good ones right there (laughs) yeah yeah that's really nice to hear (laughs) Yeah, yeah, and it does. You said, oh, I've made it. It's like, I don't know if I made it, but it does uh, affirm that, you know what, I belong in this room. Yeah. And 
we are peers. And so, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Um, and I'll give you one other, and it's kind of outside the booth. It was when I was in a convention. Sure, uh, yeah. And I was sitting in the green room, which is basically the break room for actors to eat and hang between appearances. Mm-hmm. And, and I had the opportunity of having lunch with Patrick Stewart. Whoa. Wow. That's huge. Yeah. <laughs> and he and I talked for about a half an hour. Uh, real gentleman, regular guy. And we talked about the same things we were interested in. Um, at the time, we were talking about Seth MacFarlane. And I think he was hosting the Academy Awards. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, talked about oh, his yeah. brand, we talked about his brand of comedy. Uh, Patrick had worked with him. And we also talked about Ricky Gervais and uh, the show Extras. And Patrick had been on that. And so we got into that a little bit. And oh, ate, my goodness. Wow. And laughed. So, yeah. So he's a regular guy. Like, you know, he's real present and uh, wonderful and funny. As opposed to some other actors who, you know, are not. Yeah, they're, that's really not, cool. Yeah. Those are great. Thank you for those uh-huh. stories. Yeah. yeah. All right. What is something that you've never been asked in an interview before, but have always wanted to answer regardless? Wow. Um, <laughs> I've never been asked in an interview, but wanted to answer regardless. Because mm-hmm, you've been through a lot of these at this point. Yeah, like have you got something on your chest that you want to get out there or something. <laughs> yeah. Um, gosh, I guess, oh, yeah, this hasn't been asked of me in an interview, per se, but in the convention world, people ask, and even, yeah, only in the convention world, when I do Q&A panels, but here, I'll I'll answer this question, I've never been asked in an interview, so I can put this to rest. Besides voice acting, do you do any real acting? Oh, oh come on. that's a brutal question. That is, yeah. Well, it's it's a, it comes from a place of ignorance, really. Yeah, uh. they don't they don't understand that acting is acting is acting. Yeah, what exactly. They is they're like when they say real acting, they mean you know on camera. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but you know, acting is well is acting whether you're on the stage in a theater, being shot in a film or a TV series or now a web series. Or you're doing, you know, your own Periscope, or we're doing this. Um, yeah, it acting is acting is acting, and there's so many different ways to do it. Just because you can't see me doesn't mean it's not real acting. It's you know, it's actually the purest form of acting there is because you can't see me, you can't see my face or bodies. Mm-hmm. It's a lot easier to act uh, on film or television, in my experience, because they want you to do less. Yeah. There's so much you can say with a look or a glance, and very little movement is needed. Well, if there is a look or a glance for a character in the voiceover world, there may be a sound that accompanies it. You know, whether it's a hmm. Yeah. Or, mm-hmm. or an uh. Or a ugh. So, <laughs> yeah. you know, yeah. yeah. So that's when I say, well, really. The most challenging acting is voice acting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a really good way to to put that because right. um, other voice actors deal with that a lot as well. We've heard so that's that's a really good way to kind of uh, inform. And you'll be yeah. happy to know, no Kingdom Hearts Worlds fans have asked that at all. Yeah, ever. No. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Then they're smart. They're savvy. Yeah. So they've all got some a lot of respect for the trait. The trait. Yeah. Yeah. You guys just have so much skill. I can't believe that people asked you that. <laughs> yeah, that's. Yeah, I'm sort of well, they, floored right now. 
Yeah. Well, like, mm-hmm. yeah, that's the one thing where I'm like, oh, God, really? <laughs> do I have to, what do I have to do? Do I have to do a video? Do I have to call the press? Yeah. You know, I mean, voice acting actually preceded on camera so much, so much with radio. I mean, the radio oh, yeah. theater yeah. back mm-hmm. in the day, yeah. you know, uh, Orson Welles' War of the Worlds that brought people, the, the media and people trembling, thinking aliens actually invaded yeah. America. Mm-hmm. So, and then he had to do a, a press, you know, interview about that and kind of explain how he had no intention of scaring anyone or shocking anyone. He was doing, you know, a, a dramatic piece. He said, yeah. not, not unlike anything else he'd ever done. So, by virtue of that, if that was so believable that people were terrified, then wouldn't that be the most powerful yeah. form of acting? Around. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you would think. <laughs> right? Interesting. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. that's a really interesting uh, perspective for that, for sure. Yeah. And I think, true, because people are so into it, like you're talking about the fandom, you know, fans do get into that world so much so that they want to live it uh, through cosplay, like yourself, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. and maybe write about it or expand upon it, you know, once they've seen it all and heard it all, then they, they want it to grow and manifest, and then they do. They create it, whether it's through the, the drawn art or fan dubbing or fan fiction. You know, they want that universe to continue to expand because they love it so much and find or identify with the people in it a way in which makes them feel feel good or understood, you know? Yeah. I'm not you never get this kind of happen. insight from other people, so that's really interesting to, to hear from you, that you kind of, you get it to that level. Uh-huh. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. All right. Um, so now we have a couple questions from fans uh, who sent these in. Uh, okay. So our first has been asked by two people, Detective Harkness and Joe Adams, and they ask, do you play the games of the Kingdom Hearts series, or do you know what's going on in the story? If yes, do you have any favorite characters, favorite games, etc.? I guess my f- first response would be de- Detective Harkness. How do you have so much time to play video games if you're a detective? <laughs> <laughs> and Joe are you Adams, really good or a really bad detective? <laughs> yeah. And to Joe Adams, is that your real name? Because I don't believe it is. It's too. <laughs> it actually you know, is. It's a friend of mine from college. Is that his real name? Mm hmm. Yeah. Oh. All right, I'm going to call him Joseph for our sake. Uh, <laughs> Joseph, how are you? Listen, here's the answer to your question, both of you. I do not play the games of Kingdom Hearts in the series, no. Uh, do I at least know what's going on with the story? When I'm acting in it, yes. If so, do I have any favorites? Favorite what? Storylines? Yeah, I think they mean favorite storylines, characters. I do believe the storylines and characters. That's what they mean. <laughs> See, I see. My favorite is your favorite. That's always my answer. <laughs> How uh, wonderful. Wonder, it is wonderful, don't you think? I think everyone is wonderful in their own way. Most agreeable. <laughs> yes, indeed. <laughs> As we've all transformed into British pops. I love this. There you go. Exactly. <laughs> and all right. From Kawaii yeah. Cosplay, um, they ask, I'm sure everyone wants to know, Jack the Ripper versus Axel, the Flurry of Dancing Flames. Who do you think would win and why? Yes, Kawaii Cosplay. I'm sure everyone wants to know that. Um, actually, <laughs> yep. they yep. don't because I've never been asked that question. But <laughs> you want to, so I'm going to try my best. Who would win? Um, 
I'm going to guess Kawhi Cosplay would think Axel would win. That's my guess. Uh, I don't know who would win because I would be beating myself. So, <laughs> no, I would I would lose in the end, uh, and I'd probably be sent off to an institution. You would lose very badly in the end. Yeah. But, Do you yeah. think so? I don't know. That's a really – actually, it's an interesting question not to demean it. Um I don't know who would win. I mean, I don't see them fighting. I see them being on the same team. And I think but, a lot of it depends on which Raiden. Like, if he's if he's Metal Gear Solid Two Raiden, or if he's like Robot Samurai Raiden. Yeah, Cyborg Ninja. Yeah. Yeah. I, in that case, there's a really strong chance that acts that Jack the Ripper, because when she said specifically Jack the Ripper, you know, mm-hmm. I, he might do Axel in, but. I don't know. They, they'd have to be at odds about something to really go at it. Yeah, like classic comic book. They have, they're both brain-controlled or whatnot. <laughs> yeah. Do you think? Something like that, I would imagine, would be the only thing. Because they're both pretty uh, moderately upstanding guys. They try their best. So I think so. Yeah. Do, do, do either of you have any opinion on who you would think would win and why? I think uh, if we're talking you know, Jack the Ripper, Metal Gear... Rising style, uh, Raiden might have a slight edge just because uh, he can be pretty brutal. He doesn't hold back. So right, yeah. yeah. I hate to say it, I've never played that game in the series, <laughs> um, but <laughs> so I'm, I'm sort of by default I'm going to vote for Axel here, and also because I have to back up the fact that Axel was powerful enough to kill my favorite character. So that too. <laughs> I'm definitely. I think I'm going to go with Axel on this one. Ooh, so we're split. He, mm-hmm. he did. He did not kill your favorite character. Oh, well, he finished him. I th- well, yeah, finishing blow. We'll give it yeah. that. Okay. It was, it was a very fiery end. <laughs> yeah. There you go. He is a fiery guy. Not that, well, not that Vexen didn't earn it, just saying, but yeah. 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 <laughs> awesome. I do all right. love them all. Um, yeah, so our last question from a fan is from Anonymous, and they ask, what has been your favorite character that you have voiced? My first question to Anonymous is, what are you hiding? what what has been the favorite character that i have voiced um i love doing paul mccartney you know i've done him uh many times (laughs) a couple of movies done him for the jimmy kimmel show it's great stuff i'm big beatles fan um i also enjoyed playing elmer fudd in robot chicken a robot chicken episode where i did a wrap off between him and bugs oh my god really yeah, it's That's on awesome. Yeah, look it up. Uh, it's, yeah, Elmer Fudd in a wrap-off with Bugs Bunny. I'm writing that down right now. Yeah, I'll have to look into that after. <laughs> it is amazing. It was a parody of Eminem's 8 Mile. And uh, I'm trying to think <laughs> who else was in it. Um, yeah, <clears throat> it was great. That's great. You know? That's and, awesome. Uh, <laughs> so that was fun. And Seth Green, who directs and is one of the creators of the episode, got into the booth with me. And he loves to rap. Uh, I know you wouldn't think it by looking at him, but he can really rap. And I'm a musician already, and I already have, you know, rhythm and skill. So I'm doing it the way I would do it. But he encouraged me to kind of, you know, throw in a few things different ways. And it was—he's really an actor's director. He's wonderful. So we had a lot of fun with that. Um, That's so great. you're a musician. I am. Yeah. Oh, do you sing as well, or do you? Are you instrumental? Uh, but both. I'm, oh my I, goodness. Yeah. I mean, I started out as a, a lead singer, vocalist in my rock band in high school and then I've played in various bands over the years. Um, That's beautiful. That's amazing. Yeah. Play a bit of harmonica, percussion, 
Uh, I do play guitar. More of a rhythm guy. Definitely not a lead guy. I've written songs on guitar. I've collaborated uh-huh. with others. And uh, I prefer being the, the lyricist mostly. And then I still front a cover band out here in Los Angeles and uh, you know play the, uh, the scene. So, yeah, and I've played everywhere in, from Cleveland to Los Angeles. I've even sung in Ireland. Um, the most fun I had, I think, was playing the Whiskey, the Roxy, and the Troubadour which everybody in the rock and roll world know about as landmarks uh, for other you know, rock and roll bands and artists yeah. who've played over the years. So I grew up in Cleveland and read about those in Rolling Stone magazine. So Ooh, to be able to, wow. to have actually played those places in L.A. has been wonderful. And I still go back to Cleveland, which is the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame city, and check out what's going on there and see friends and family. So, yeah. That's really cool. That is beautiful. I have yeah. so much respect for um, instrumentalists and musicians. Yeah, definitely. Mostly because I know so many of them now, and I'm a terrible singer myself. <laughs> <laughs> uh, do, you, do you sing at all, then? Um, well, in the car, and when no, can, no one can hear me. But um, I also, I, I used to play a violin a whole lot more often. I'm still trying to find another group to join up with and do sort of maybe just like quartet work. But yeah. Oh, great. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Then you you can you can sight read music then properly. Um, sight read. I haven't done it in a while, and it's something that you really do have to keep up. But um, yeah, I can. That's great. Mm-hmm. Thank oh. you. Yeah, absolutely. It's been a while though. Definitely, I'm rusty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. If you don't keep up on it, but I was talking to a guy one time who is a guitar teacher and a bass teacher, and he said, he said even when you're not playing. Because you listen to music, he said, you are still growing. I said, really? He goes, yeah. He said, you know, you may come back to the guitar after a while not playing it, and it may take you a while to get, get back up to speed, he said, but you're still learning. Now, I don't know where he came up with this theory, but I, I, I believe it. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, you're, if you're actively listening to it, I definitely believe that. Like, if you're picking yeah. it apart and just trying to pick out every single thing that's going on there... Yeah. Mhm. Yeah. So I think yeah. I think you said you're growing as an artist too. You know, depending on the way you listen to music, and like you said, uh, Grace, if that's how you you do listen to it, which I do too. You know, I listen to certain parts and I'll really get into them. Then by I would say then by that process, if we go back to our instrument, probably those ideas will somehow come to us when we're playing, and then we'll incorporate them and have already, in a sense, learned them. I certainly hope so, because <laughs> I yeah. listen to a lot of crazy music, classical included. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like Brian Wilson, I just saw this documentary. Well, it was a film on his, his life called Love and Mercy. He, you know, he was the uh, primary songwriter for the Beach Boys. Mm-hmm. And he can see and hear things that he may become a reality that had never been done before. So there is something to that. Wow. And uh, this is, I'm not... I'm not getting sponsored by these people or the movie, <laughs> but I, I highly encourage anyone and everyone to see this movie to, to understand um, the brilliance and then the, the problems and faults and foibles of an artist. And I think anyone who is an artist can relate to that or anyone who also has, who suffers from mental illness troubles will relate to it as well. Wow. Uh, do you want to say the uh, title one more time for everybody? Yeah, it's so, called check, Love, and, Love and Mercy. Awesome, cool. I think um, I hope that's what it's called. I'm gonna write that down too. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. 
yeah, it's br- brilliant. Paul Dano plays the young Brian Wilson, and John Cusack plays the older Brian Wilson, and it's very interesting how they flip back and forth. Wow. Oh, cool. It's just very, very touching. Huh. That sounds also very insightful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thank you. Okay, so do you want to take the last question, Grace? All right. Um, do you have any advice that you'd like to impart on ins- aspiring voice actors? Well, um, if well, let's see, what kind of advice? Aspiring voice actors. Yeah, I'm asked this question a lot, and I, I guess I would say the same to them or you, the listening audience, that was said to me, and that was to take voice acting classes or workshops um, to develop your skills and. Again, it is acting, so I would say, you know, be act, acting, always be acting to mm-hmm. the extent that you can. Improv, like improvisational workshops and classes are great because they get us out of the head and into the moment. You know, it's kind of like we were, when we were kids, it was easy to play. We just snapped into it and went into character, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then over the years, recess was taken away from us, and then it all became about academics. So, and that, and also the indoctrination... You know, by society and what and the social norms, what we're told to do and how to be, that is the antithesis of being an artist and playing. So, if we can find a way to get back to that playful part of us, to be at ease and have fun and joy and use our imagination, that best I find serves myself and others in the world of acting and voice acting. So, it's a combination of, you know, play. And if you have any internal thoughts, which most people do and I do, that, that will tell me that's a wrong choice, that's a bad choice, or you're not good enough, or I'm fr- afraid to do this, just know that you know that's like a imaginary buzzer on your shoulder. And you can just go, thanks for sharing, and let it go, mm-hmm. and yeah. just get into the flow. But definitely take some acting courses if you haven't. Um, if you want to do scene study or dramatic work, that's fine. If you want to do improvisational stuff, which is a little more free-flowing, that I think is great and advantageous. And then, of course, take voice acting workshops to get the skills to understand that with the acting, you need these tools to break down and address the copy, whether it's commercial in nature or character. And that spans you know, everything. The character includes animation, anime, and video games. Hmm. Yeah, very insightful. That, this has been a very, very insightful good. episode. Yeah, <laughs> in it's like almost a good step-by-step process. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I hope so. Mm-hmm. I hope that helps. I mean, it's what I've always done, and uh, it's always served me well. Now, obviously, by today, uh, today you have the Internet, so anyone can do anything they like. Um, and if you want to be creative and put something out there, by all means, do it. Uh, do what I do. I learn from the best. I, I watch and I listen and I learn. And um, sometimes I steal, you know, <laughs> and then I, I steal from the best and I incorporate it using really my own voice and, and process. Mm-hmm. So yeah. ultimately, ultimately, you will find your own authentic voice and your own abilities to do what you do if you study and if you apply it. Huh. And when I say study and apply, someone might go, oh, f- does that mean I have to go to class? No, you don't <laughs> have to go to class. But like we were talking about listening to music, if you're listening to music actively then you kind of are studying it, and mm-hmm. then you can't buy yeah. it. It's the same way of watching or listening to a video game or cartoon or an interview. You pick it up, and then you, you're studying and applying it by actively listening. 
and actively applying. And that is not homework. That is more about growth. So if you think about it from that, I want to grow in life. And I continue to grow through learning. I love learning. Ask questions. There are no stupid questions. Don't pretend you know something if you don't. I used to do that when I was younger out of fear. I don't do it today because if I don't know something, I don't want to nod my head and pretend I do because then I'm screwed for the rest of the conversation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and that's you know what I apply to life as well. And, and through that, then I've been able to make the most uh, wonderful and richest relationships with others, whether it's personal, familial, uh, professional, casual. And then people always have something to teach as well. And I find they're honored when you ask them a question to share with you what they know. Mm-hmm. And so together, that's how we all grow. Wow, that's amazing. That is the happiest answer. <laughs> yeah, that, that's like a really mm-hmm. uh, hopeful, inspiring answer for mm-hmm. sure. And, and yeah. when you're talking about, it, like, it's not necessarily even stealing ideas because almost you're just really emulating it. Like you're giving your own sort of view on what you hear. That's it could true. never exactly be what someone's performance is because really it's still yours. That, that's true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I guess I was thinking also from the perspective of stand-up comedy because I do that as well. And you're a stand-up comedian? Wow. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, my goodness. You're a jack of all you're trades. You're a busy guy. I am a busy guy. Do you sleep? Yeah. <laughs> not, not very much. Yeah. I really don't. I need to. I love sleep, but I end up not having enough of it. And I wake up and it, to the alarm, and it's like, what, 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 I, what day is it? What am I doing today? Wait, why is this alarm gone off? It shouldn't be on. Oh, I have an interview. Oh. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, and I, I guess I, I referenced that because comics are very keen on saying, you know, he stole my joke. You know, that's mm-hmm. always been the thing. Or she stole my joke. And sometimes, yeah, if it's been video recorded, you, you know, you can see it. Yeah, they did literally, they were, maybe not literally stole the joke, but maybe took the story and, and changed it into their own. But it is the same story, you know. Like, mm-hmm. and yeah. But also... You know, there, there is a form of flattery. Like they say, imitation is the sin- sincerest form of flattery. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't know that anybody necessarily tries to steal somebody's material to make it their own. Like you said, I think they're inspired by it and they adapt it. And I try to do that. Uh, but if I do do a line or a character or a quote that is distinctly someone else's, then I will probably, I usually quote them. I give them credit. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. That does make sense if it is like distinctly theirs. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, it might be like, I mean, this is a line I, I wouldn't use just because it's been used before. But if I did, I would say, um, you know, it's like Groucho Marx always said uh, when asked, oh, he was at, oh, I know. He, they, they asked him about dating, you know, and, and what's appropriate for your age and all of that. And as Groucho Marx always said, you're only as young as the woman you feel. oh my god wow (laughs) i think it's brilliant you know but i didn't come up with it so Mm -hmm. i can't credit for it but i think it's funny as hell (laughs) and that was not the best groucho marx impression in case anyone's out there listening going that didn't sound anything like groucho you're right (laughs) because i have not worked on that impression (laughs) (laughs) gotta get that disclaimer because being the internet people will say that (laughs) Yeah, or they're like, "Who is Groucho Marx?" I'm like, "Just 
Marx Brothers, never heard of them. Well, look up Groucho Marx. Watch Mysteries and Scandals on YouTube, an old episode that will tell you everything you need to know about Groucho Marx, the happy stuff and the tragic stuff. Yeah, there you go. You got, we've given them so much to check out today. Mm-hmm. Like giving fascinating gifts. movies. Uh, nothing but gifts. Lots of yeah. fun research. We're yeah. such a giving group here, <laughs> KHW and mm-hmm. Mr. Quinton Flynn. That is our Achilles heel. We are givers. <laughs> uh, well, um, I don't think we have any more questions. Unless so. we want to do the ice cream sundae one. Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. Go for it, Grace. Okay. This, this one's one that I've been trying out on people. Um, if you had unlimited access to all flavors of ice cream and toppings and, like, hot fudge or whatever sort of fudge you want on top, what would be your ideal ice cream sundae? Ooh. Wow. Mm-hmm. Um it's an interesting question because there is a place, I think it's called Yogurt Land here in Los Angeles, and they do, you, you, you know, you can go put on any toppings you want. So now from that, I actually have experience to be able to say what I do like. I would like to have uh, coffee-flavored ice cream um, mm-hmm. topped with blueberries, bits of chocolate, and raspberries with a little bit of whipped cream. Wow. Well, that sounds yeah. interesting. That sounds tasty. I would have never yeah. paired um, coffee and blueberries, but I will definitely try that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's delicious. Mm-hmm. I would go for it. And, of course, the blueberries are really good for you. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's a little bit healthy. We'll all fool ourselves this way. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, uh, with that, we're going to move into our outro. Um, we'd like to thank Mr. Quentin Flynn again for being here. This is huge. So, thank you so much uh, for coming on. Oh, it's been my pleasure. And uh, we'd like to remind everybody that this podcast is a production of KingdomHeartsWorld.net. You can find us on Facebook and Twitter. Facebook is Kingdom Hearts World Podcast. And Twitter is at KHW Podcast, both of which have the podcast art you're looking at right now as their profile pictures. And that's how you know it's us. And yeah, that's, that's pretty much it for today. Mm-hmm. Uh, thanks again, Mr. Flynn. This has been a really fantastic interview. Uh, we've Thank learned a lot, for sure. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. I, I don't know that I did answer your question properly, though, but what is a favorite character? I don't know that I have a favorite character that I voice acted. I mean, I, I, I think I kind of segued out of that one, didn't I? Yeah, well, a lot of uh, all the other people we've interviewed, they mm-hmm. always say it's, it's tough to pick because, you know, you have certain connections to them, not only through, um, like, their own character, but through your experience with voicing them or when in your career came along and whatnot. Mm-hmm. So it's always yeah. a tough one for people to answer. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know that I like. I love, like I said, McCartney's been the most fun, even though it's not the video character, video game character, or anime. Um, I love them all for different reasons, and usually the one I'm doing at the time is the one I enjoy the most. Yeah, yeah, well, that's a good answer too. Yeah, that yeah. sounds fine to me. I accept. The moment. <laughs> See, that's funny. You're such a cunning <laughs> conversationalist. I thought you just like segued out of there, so I was just yeah. Fine with I it. thought it was just like a but you have caught yourself segue. back in that loop. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh. There you go. Way to go. (laughs) All right. So, yeah, uh, that's everything from us, and we will see you guys around. Mm -hmm. Thank you for listening. Peace.
This is Axel, and you're listening to the Kingdom Hearts World Podcast. I've got a heart on for it. I hope you do, too. (laughs) (laughs) If we don't use the second one, I'm going to freak out. That was perfect.